everybody. We're so glad you joined us today on the Better Together podcast. I'm Anne and I'm doing this solo today, but I am joined by a very special guest, my husband, Ron Bacorn. Hey, Hello. honey. Howdy. How you doing today? Good. Good. Well, we are so excited to have you here and I'm looking forward to just um, having a great conversation, sharing some insight into your life and um, some things that I think will really help some people out there and get to know you a little bit better. So uh, here's a little bit about my husband. We are celebrating 20 years of marriage this year. We have five children, eight grandchildren, some bonus grandchildren. Um, So that's like a podcast in itself. Absolutely. Uh, Ron is a broadcast video engineer for Ross... um, Ross Video. Ross Video. (laughs) This is so real, you guys. I didn't write notes down about his bio, like I said, um, for Ross Video, and he's been with them for over six years. Um, It has been an amazing journey, amazing job. He uh, travels the world in any broadcast facility, um, specializing in robotic cameras and virtual and augmented reality. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. So, honey, we start off every uh, podcast with just some fun little icebreaker questions. So I'm going to run those by you. Um, First and foremost, Bishop Thomas says leaders are readers. And so what book are you reading right now? Well, I've actually got a couple. And uh, unfortunately, I don't uh, have a lot of patience to sit down and read. Uh, But because I travel a lot, I rely a lot on audiobooks. And uh, so I, I'm actually currently listening to two different audiobooks. Uh, one is The Blessed Church, uh, and that is actually the follow up to The Blessed Life. Uh, and this is about uh, the growth of the church that you love. Uh, so uh, The Blessed Life was about the growth of, of your finances and your giving. Uh, and this is about uh, the the growth of your church. And then I'm also listening to Everyday Millionaires, um, and that's by uh, Chris Hogan. He's actually one of Dave Ramsey's right-hand men. And uh, so it is about um, normal, everyday people becoming uh, wealthy the correct way, God's way, and being able to use that to be generous into the kingdom. That's amazing. Did you did you say who the author was of The Blessed Life and the first book that you're listening to? Uh, no, I did not. And funny thing is, it's actually um, 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 Robert um, Morris. Robert Morris. <laughs> I don't know why, but I know I, we're I having blanked. these little blanks today, <laughs> which is okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, Robert Morris who pastors Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas, Yes, um, and highly, highly recommend those books. So what is your go-to comfort food? Uh, My go-to comfort food is, and and my wife, uh, it's funny that she's asking this question because she knows the answer. It is meatloaf, and not just any meatloaf. It is my wife's meatloaf. It is amazing and beyond description, uh, when I am out on the road and I return home, she knows that is exactly what I want to have uh, for my first meal back home. Um, it's just amazing. 
Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to make that food. It is a good comfort food any time of the year. I think we need to try grilling it, though. That'd be interesting. Because we haven't done that, and I've seen um, a couple chefs do that on TV. So we might have to look into do that and do a little video. A couple on, of other chefs? A couple other chefs. Other, one, other, other than, than us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so here's uh, the third question is, what is one thing you can't live without and you can't say me, you can't say Jesus? Um, again, anybody that knows me would know that I cannot live without my smoker. Mm. Um, I am a smoker of meats. And, um, so pretty much if, if it's a meat, I will try to, to smoke it, grill it, whatever. Yeah. So, so absolutely. That's very true. I was thinking about this question. I was thinking you can't live without your passport Oh, Maybe you can't yeah. live without um, TripIt, which is the app you use to travel. Right, yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's things like that, but there, yeah. There are little things that uh, when you travel that make your life so much easier, and TripIt is definitely one of them. Yeah. So what's your, what is your favorite thing about traveling and your least favorite thing about traveling? My favorite thing about traveling, I, I guess, is just my job. I, I probably have one of the coolest jobs uh, possible. And uh, so just what I get to do is, is pretty amazing. Um, and probably my least favorite thing about travel is travel. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy um, spending hours in airports, um, spending time on, on airplanes, um, which we'll talk more about later. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this uh, podcast is about, but um, so the actual travel part of it is probably what I don't, uh, enjoy, but, um, my job and, and, and the people I get to meet are pretty cool. Yeah. And you have been to off the top of your head, roughly, do you know how many countries you've been to? Um, how many countries I would say there would probably be about 25 countries. Yeah. Um, somewhere in that area. Um, I've, I've often said, people ask me if, if I learn the language uh, of where I'm going, and, and I always say that, no, I don't. Um, I typically will learn about four or five words of any language uh, that I'm exposed to. Um, and the reason I don't learn languages is it would, it would just take a ton of my time, um, but I would have been exposed to 15 different languages. Yeah in my travels. And the funny thing is, is the one language that you know, <laughs> other than English, which is German, German, and you have not been to a German speaking country. Not once. Not nope. once. Close. I was, we were really close. I was days away from, from going to Austria and uh, got diverted to Shanghai instead. <laughs> Went crazy. <laughs> so, um, so tell us a little bit first off, about your salvation story. How did you come to know the Lord? What was that like for you? And then we'll dive in a little bit into where our podcast is going from there. Sure. Um, so I grew up in church, grew up in a Baptist church. Um, family was uh, very involved. My, my father was Sunday school superintendent. Uh, my mother was a Sunday school teacher. Uh, so very involved. So I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 11 years old. Uh, there was a guest minister that had uh, been at our church, and um, some of those um, uh, Baptist 
invitation songs can can go on for multiple verses. <laughs> but I remember at the beginning of verse two, uh, and I can't remember exactly which song it was. You think I would? But uh, at the well, beginning, especially because you said it was verse two. Like yeah. you know it's verse two, but you don't know the song. Mm, hmm. Yeah, okay. it was, it's probably you know just as I am was probably you know that was like a good Baptist go to. Yeah. So that that could have been it. Um, but yeah, so walk down the aisle and, and at that point it wasn't, uh, you know, you didn't raise your hand or anything. You, you walked down the aisle and, and knelt at the altar. So, uh, so yeah, when I was 11. And then were you water baptized at the same time? Uh, yeah, shortly after. Um, and, uh, like all good Baptist, uh, I, uh, definitely was fully immersed, uh, at, uh, the church. Yep. Awesome. So now, of course, you're at a, you know, Pentecostal church. Sure. And um, so how did you, ch- how did you kind of transition from a Baptist church into a spirit-filled church? Yeah. So, you know, right after high school, um, I w- was on the road and, and uh, at that point I started out in audio, not necessarily in video and uh, was doing sound for um, rock bands, country bands in large arenas and stadiums. And, and so uh, just kind of fell away from God and, and uh, kind of lived my own life. And, and uh, so when I came off the road, when I decided to come off the road, I really decided that um, I wanted to do something different because the more I, I read in the scriptures, I saw... Uh, pieces of the scripture that that we basically ignored and so I would go up to the the pastor and I would say well what about this and he goes no 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 that's that's not for today and and um, mm-hmm. we don't we don't pay attention to that so that always bothered me and I figured if it's if it was in the Bible it was in the Bible for a reason mm-hmm. and so I then had a kind of a um, use one of your favorite words a journey um, through some different churches. And, and, um, so I, I, I'd take a little step and I'd go to a certain ty- kind of church and then I take another step and I go to another certain kind of church. And as I, as I grew, I then, uh, realized what the Bible said. And, and I tried to then find, uh, a church that lived more, uh, to that model. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And you, um, you are definitely a deep thinker and mm-hmm. you have to research things a lot. Yeah. Not just a little. I research things to death. To death. Yes. You do. Which takes me into kind of the um, heart of our podcast here, which is um, you have learned, especially now in your adult years, that you are um, on the spectrum for Asperger's. Yeah, from from what everything that we can possibly gather, um, yes, I I I am. Although I have not been formally tested, right? Um, I kind of I started doing some research, and and I realized that. Um, actually by watching a TV program, 
uh, where there was somebody with Asperger's um, on TV. And then there was another character that then realized that as an adult, that they probably had Asperger's and then got tested and uh, confirmed that they were. And as I was kind of looking at how the story was written and, you know, and of course everything on TV is not factual. And, and so I tried to figure out more about it. Um, I then realized that a lot of the traits that Asperger's people have, um, I had. Mm -hmm. And so those that were young, um, I had that growing up and those that were adults, I deal with that now. And so did a lot of studying on it. Um, there are some, some online tests that, um, some of them are accurate. Some of them are not. Uh, but, uh, you can take some online tests and basically it, uh, verifies, uh, that yes, you, there is a good, uh, possibility that you may or may not be, um, may not have Asperger's. Yeah. And, uh, so I took those and, uh, was actually off the scale. Yeah. Um, I remember when you took that and I know knowing how much you research that you found ones that you felt were not just like, Hey, answer these 10 questions in the back of a, you know, cosmopolitan magazine to right. see if you have Asperger's, you know, that you Cause really, we, cause we all know that I read a cosmopolitan cause cosmopolitan is on our coffee table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you definitely were going to make sure that it was a test that was pretty legit. Sure. Yeah. Now, interesting enough, when you kind of had this aha moment in this realization, we looked back over these 20 years and said, wow, so many things make sense. Sure. Because one of my biggest frustrations over the years is the fact that I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love being around people. I love going to parties. I like volunteering. I like socializing. All those things are really natural to me. And they, I feel comfortable. It never feels awkward. You can throw me into a room full of strangers. I'll be fine. All that was perfectly normal. So we would go to different events. We would go to different church gatherings. We would go to various things. And I'd walk in and be like, hey, how's everybody doing and walking around and talking and you'd zoom right to a chair, a couch, something in the and corner. sit in the corner. Yeah. And I, I could remember coming home and just being like, what is wrong with you? I would be so mad. We had many arguments. We about had this. many arguments yeah. and like, what is wrong with you? You were being incredibly rude. Why weren't you talking to people? You know, because that's what was normal for me. Sure. And of course, the more I yelled at you, the more you probably shut down too, because you uh, yeah, don't and you don't take well to. And that. it's funny because early on, before I actually started uh, doing some investigation on this, um, I couldn't I couldn't explain what was going on. Right. And I couldn't explain why I had to do that, and uh, that it was nothing. I wasn't trying to be mean. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. Um, that, that that's how I had to function. And, um, and, 
you know, because I loved you, I, I wasn't going to say, no, I'm not going. I know I'm not doing this. But I, I had to figure out a way to cope in those situations. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the most important things. Uh, they they kind of tell you that as an adult, if you believe you have Asperger's, um, you can kind of do one of two things. You can just kind of uh, accept that and go from there, or, or you can um, ignore it, um, or um, you can actually go and get formally tested um, and, and, and go into counseling if you, if you need it. Um, but they say that as, by the time you're an adult, you find that you've already on your own developed coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of in that situation. Describe you, some of those. So, yeah, I mean, the way that I, that I kind of do things is, um, it's interesting because a small group of people does not necessarily bother me. Uh, and when we're talking small, we're talking probably less than five. Yeah. So if we, if we go out to dinner with two couples, sure. let's say, so there's mm-hmm. six of us, mm-hmm. you're okay. I'm okay. Uh, I know them. I can uh, carry on conversation with them. Um, I am not uncomfortable at all. Uh, once that number starts rising, and especially once we get to that magic number of about 10, um, I shut down. And it is, it is not just that uh, personally I don't want to deal with it, uh, because I don't, but... Um, my anxiety level rises so high um, because I don't know these people. Uh, there's too many. I don't know what to say to these people. I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. I am just nervous. And all this is going on in your head. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I don't want to talk to people because I'm, I have this fear of rejection. And so I'm just afraid that I'm going to say the wrong thing and that the whole thing is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> So once we reach that number, yeah, I am a mess. And uh, so I will retreat and um, I will uh, look at my phone. I will uh, research. I will do a variety of ever- other things, but I typically will not engage in any conversation. Um, and uh, you have, you've come to me and you would say, you know, are you all right? And I go, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> right. as long as I'm right here and yeah. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm having a good time. Okay. I, I can see what other people are doing. I'm good. And it's different even um, having people at our house as opposed to going to someone else's sure. house. Cause you're, everybody's much more comfortable in their own home. I think under any circumstances. Right. And so for you, it's like a safe space not to use all these little catchy cliche words, but it is. It's a safe space. You're comfortable at home. You're sure. kind of a little bit more. You're a great host. I mean, anytime we've had people at our house, you are an amazing host, especially because if you're grilling and you're doing all that kind of thing, like you're in your element. Mm-hmm. But to take that same group of people and now you go to their house. Right. And maybe they've trickled in a few people you don't know. Now it's more. Now it's difficult. Absolutely. I. And when I'm at home, I, you know, I, again, one of those coping mechanisms, um, I've 
been in sales and, you know, and you would think, you know, somebody with Asperger's uh, in sales and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was difficult because, you know, especially when I was doing um, um, territory sales where I would call on different customers and, and sometimes I would drive by a location three, four times before I would actually park the car and go in. Sometimes I would sit out, out, side of a, a business uh, that I was going to call on people that I knew, but I was just terrified. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's difficult, but the, the coping mechanism was that I then it, it's, this is kind of a, a bad way to describe it, but it's the best way I think um, I would put on a show. Mm-hmm. So I became a different person and I performed um, so when I needed to do sales, I performed. And so when we're having an event at our house, I perform. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's things like that, 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 uh, that you just have to do. And, but I think over the years, the more the past few years, especially that we've kind of talked through this and you've made some discoveries it's less of a show and you've been more comfortable being you just having an understanding. Sure. It, it makes a whole lot more sense to you when you know who you are. Yeah. And when things, when you have those aha moments and you're like, Oh, that's why I I was dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I wish I could tell you that as a child, uh, living with Asperger's is fine. Um, because any child that's gone through it will tell you it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's torture uh, because you don't know what's going on. Um, especially back, you know, growing up in the 70s, um, you know, 60s and 70s, it was, n- nobody knew about Asperger's. Right. right. And, and so you were just the weird kid. Mm-hmm. And where now people are, are more attuned to it and they're able to, realize what's going on and actually assist the child. So it's, it's maybe a little bit better, but it's, it, it's still, you know, just a, a strange thing to try to go through. Yeah. Now let's bring this a little bit into the church realm when it comes to, um, I know most of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time when we have, you know, kind of the meet and greet time after worship, you immediately sit. Yes. So you're not being disrespectful. You're not trying to be rude to people. No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> so most, we'll just clear that up right yeah, now. <laughs> uh, most people would think that that, that is the case, uh, but it is, it is really rooted in my anxiety. And so um, please don't be offended if you see me sit down and uh, not try to make eye contact during that time period um, because it really just makes me extremely anxious. Yeah. And um, it's it's hard for me to, to deal with because there's a lot of people that I don't know real well mm-hmm. that will want to come up and a lot of people like to give me hugs. And um, it's that it is, it's just terrifying to me. And this is a good shout out to boundaries because I think a lot of times people think, oh, we're in the church and everybody wants a hug and that's not the case. And we have to think before we act sure, and I, think before we do things like that. Absolutely. Because everybody is kind of dealing with things um, 
their own way. And, and um, most people don't necessarily know, you know, that I deal with this. Yeah. Um, and so if, if I, again, this is a coping mechanism. When, if I sit down and pick up my phone and scroll through my phone, people think I'm actually busy and won't necessarily uh, come up to me. Yeah. And uh, again, it's not because I don't want to talk to people. Um, it's, it's just that it's, it's extremely um, nerve wracking for me. Well, you are really loving COVID life, aren't you? Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 <laughs> the I, more I, isolation, the better. I've said uh, since this started that I am made for this because I have been social <laughs> distancing for years. Right. And so I'm a pro at this. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, but now you have been over the past, especially during COVID, you have been extremely involved in all of our Victory Christian Center campuses. So you've been super involved with people you don't know. Sure. So that's the flip side of this. Explain how that's different than just hanging out with people. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that's nice um, and one of the, one of the things of, of people with Asperger's is, is they tend to get fixated on things. And so they will research things to death and will try to find every possible solution and every possible answer to every possible question that could possibly be asked about that one particular. Welcome uh, to my world. <laughs> I don't ask a lot of questions because I know immediately it is going to be researched to death and I will yes. find out 10 times as much information as I ever wanted to begin with. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that, that is, you know, kind of the downfall of living with somebody with Asperger's. But, um, but yeah, so um, I have always kind of been a technical person. Uh, when I was a kid, I would tear transistor radios apart and make Franken radios. And, um, and I would build speakers, not the boxes, the actual speaker cone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I kind of did things like that just because I was hyper fixated on, on that. Uh, that's actually worked to my favor because I've developed a career doing that. Sure. And at one point, um, one of the things that, that I did was I worked just with churches on their technical systems. So that came into play here. Um, and again, it, it's not always because I'm willing to step out um, because I'm not. Um, it was through my friendship uh, with Pastor Michael that I had a few ideas that I presented to him. He asked me to uh, find out more about it. So, so that is like the, that's, you know, I love that when somebody says, yeah, well, you sure. Know, can you find out more about that? And um, in fact, Pastor Michael and I were just having a conversation the other day and and he, I forget even what we were talking about. And uh, he asked me a question about something and I said, well, I researched to find the best possible. Oh, it was just shoes. That's what it was. <laughs> he said, did you get new shoes? And I said, yes. I said, because I, I walk and I stand so much that I researched to find the best possible walking show, walking shoe. And he just kind of laughed and he goes, of course you did. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, 
anyways, so through our friendship, he said, why don't you just uh, do some research on this? So I did, came up with some ideas, and um, the Warren campus here was actually kind of the test market for that. And shortly before quarantine happened, um, as a church, Victory Christian Center made the decision to uh, take the step forward and start doing online streaming in a much better way than what any of our campuses had been doing Mm -hmm. and uh, just improve the quality and everything. Um, And it's kind of funny when, when you just say yes and just make yourself available on, on how things work. We had six of our eight campuses completely up and running the day that COVID-19 shut everything down. And so we were prepared to, to go online and go to a non in-person service. And we quickly then brought the other two up to a, to a level to where they could stream as well. Uh, That was all God's timing. Yeah. And it was just because I said yes, but it was actually because of who I am and what I am that actually made it work. Yeah. Because I researched that to death to make sure that we were doing the absolute right thing. And, um, and it, I really was able to use my, what some might call a deficiency, you know, and how I, I deal with things and was able to use that for God, for our church. And um, so, yeah, so it, it just kind of worked. And we talked about this um, the other day, just sitting around in the evening, um, had a conversation about Moses. And Moses is probably one of the best examples in the Bible Absolutely. of somebody who felt so inefficient in his abilities to serve God. And when God came to him, And he got that assignment that he was going to free his people. Moses is like, no way. Yeah. Like, there's no way. I can't do that. You don't understand. You don't know me. I mean, how how many times have any of us said that? You don't understand. You don't, you don't know me. You don't know what I come from. Yeah. I'm not capable of that. I don't have those skills. I don't have this, that, or the other thing. And God's like, no, I'm absolutely using you. And even when God said, to him, he said, okay, well, I'll send Aaron with you because Aaron could do all the talking. It's just a little while after that where it actually says, Moses said to yeah, Pharaoh, right. Moses said, where he didn't need Aaron to speak for him like he thought he did. Sure. And so even when we feel like we're so inadequate to do something for God, if we just give him that yes right. and say, if you're telling me this is what you want me to do, then you've given me the capability to do it. Right. I just have to step out and do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've always felt a mandate to, um, to feed his sheep. Mm-hmm. And, but I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant to me. And um, I then realized that I, I helped in getting, eight campuses that had over a thousand views on, on Facebook every week. And, um, 
Because you gave God your yes. Yeah, I, I just thought about that the other day. It was just because I finally agreed to, to do something. Yeah, I can remember when we were first, um, we moved back from North Carolina and we were finding a church and you're like, hey, I'm traveling so much. I don't even know if I'll be home on weekends. Find a church where you want to get planted. And so right. we ended up at Victory Christian Center Warren Campus. And you even were like very vocal about, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I, I don't want to get involved. I'm I don't done. want to volunteer. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I Because in my past... Um, Again, one of the other uh, things about people with Asperger's is it, it's hard for us to pick up social cues. And so we become hyper fixated on a subject and we we have researched it to death and we we think that we are the only ones that really know the true answer. And so that has been to my detriment. Uh, in the past. And, and as we have been involved in ministry, um, you know, if there were people above me, um, I, I would be like, what's wrong with you? I have researched this, this to death. I'm right. You know, why aren't we doing it my way? Yeah. Um, and so part of it, in doing things, I had to learn submission. Mm-hmm. And so I had to then be able to submit to leadership and realize that although I, in my head, I might think that, or I might know that, that my way is the best way, um, there was ways to tactfully um, be able to accomplish the better goal. And, uh, and I think also realizing that if they didn't do it your way, it wasn't a personal attack to you. Oh, yeah, sure. It, because um, even to this day, you know, I have to uh, think about things. Um, if, if somebody doesn't do something or do something that I suggested, I, I think it's personal Yeah, and, uh, it is hard. It it happens at work. It happens here at church, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's difficult, but now that I have a better understanding of who I am, I've learned how to better cope with that and, um, and use my strengths without trying to beat people over the head with it. Right, right. And I remember I have one friend who came to me one day and she said, man, she goes, it has been so encouraging for her to see your successful life or you being able to do well in life because she has a son that she now realizes is kind of dealing with the same things that you did. Mm -hmm. And she said it gave her such hope to look at you and see that it can be okay. So what would be your encouragement for other people who, maybe it's not just Asperger's, but maybe it's um, other things that they deal with that they feel, man, I'm just different than somebody else. How would you encourage them moving forward? I, the biggest thing, and, and, and it, like you said, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it is, um, you're on the autism spectrum. It doesn't matter if, um, you have a past. Uh, we all have past. Uh, it doesn't matter, uh, who you are, what you've come from, how hard your childhood was. Um, you are never disqualified from serving God. Yeah. And 
So that's what I would say to encourage anybody. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're dealing with personally, you're never at an area where God can't use you. And it's never too late. Never too late. No. I mean, it, it took me a while, although I tried, it took me a while to finally find out how. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's all it takes. No matter, it doesn't matter if you were the worst person in the world, God can always use you. It's just a matter of how and yeah. learning how to use sometimes what you consider your detriment to be a, a positive. Absolutely. That's so good. Well, this has been awesome. It is so encouraging. Um, I hope it's encouraging for you out there that listen and um, gosh, we could talk about this forever, but um, I just want to say thanks so much for being open and willing to share your heart and share, be vulnerable to share a little bit about you and probably doing it in a podcast setting is really good as opposed to up in front of people. Yeah, this, this is definitely easier. Um, <laughs> We're in a little I, room I, by I, ourselves. I must say that uh, when you first brought this up to me, I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like it's the last thing I want to do is open up. Right. So, um, so uh, we always end our time together by, uh, two other little points. And the first one is going to be kind of funny just because of the conversation, but it's how can our friends connect with you? <laughs> um, so I actually, I have limited social media exposure, uh, but um, maybe if somebody's out there and they want to connect with you because they want to learn more, or have a conversation with you, you do have a Facebook. I do. I, I do have Facebook. I have Twitter. I have Instagram. I have parlor. I have <laughs> all that kind of stuff, all that stuff. Uh, but yes, um, or it's easier if you just come up one-on-one with me Yeah, and, um, I am extremely open when you're one-on-one with me. Um, and then we can go from there. Absolutely. And we are called better together. So who makes your life better because they're in it? Give them a shout out. Uh, probably pastor Michael. Yeah. I, I, I think he is actually been a key in helping me kind of find my pocket. And so um, in some of the projects that we've been involved with together in the church, we would have these discussions. He would be like, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to act. And I think it'll be good for you. And because he's my friend, I would like, okay, we'll, we'll try that. And it's, and it's worked. And, and so that's really helped, helped me develop, um, my, what, what my yes looks like. Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks so much again for hanging out with us. Um, we are better together. So make a point this week to connect with someone, call someone and catch up, grab a cup of coffee with a girlfriend or with your guy friends, connect at church. If you don't have a church, find a healthy, Bible-believing church in your area and check it out. If you're in the Warren, Boardman, Vienna, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, or Coitsville areas, we invite you to come hang out with us here at Victory. You can check out our website at vcconechurch.com to find out information on the locations. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. And don't forget, we are better together.